Well, I have to say that every time I'm called upon to, uh, to talk about any stories that involve us being sheep, I wince a little bit because of my experience with sheep not being the, the smartest of the animals on our farm. In fact, the last sheep that we had died looking up at the sky in a terrible lightning storm. It was struck by lightning and it was standing next to a barn with a wide open door, plenty of space and hay to lie down in and be protected and be safe. Oh well, I guess maybe I identify with those sheep more than I want to. But this story uh, and this comparison with sheep and the opportunity to preach on it comes up a fair amount because that image is, uh, is all over scripture. Uh, the image of, of a God as the good shepherd, of God calling leaders to be good shepherds for God's people. It's everywhere, really. David, the king, is called out of being an actual physical shepherd to become a shepherd for God's people as a good and righteous king. Of course, he fails in that in many ways, and so do other kings along the way. And we hear stories from the prophets of, of calling out those shepherds who have failed in God's mission. And, and saying that, uh, oftentimes also following that up with that it will be God, I myself, God says, will be a good shepherd for my people. And that shepherd imagery, that kind of sense of protection and deliverance and taking care is really a personality trait of God. I often describe God as one who delivers out of slavery and into freedom, the slavery of sin and death and, and even actual slavery in real time. Certainly one of the biggest stories in the Hebrew Bible is of the people coming out of slavery in Egypt and into freedom and out of the exile and back home again. But that imagery of the Good Shepherd takes on a real transition in this story from Jesus today or this, or this allegory of Jesus today and comparing himself, calling himself both the Good Shepherd and the gate for the sheep. It takes on a, a new level because in all of those other Good Shepherd imageries from the Hebrew Bible and in other places, that imagery is through an intermediary. Moses or the prophets or some other person or some other circumstances or events. There's always kind of someone between us and God. And now there is nothing between us and God. In fact, I would say what's unique about our Christian faith is God coming to us in the flesh. And certainly Jesus cements that in this allegory today as he calls himself the Good Shepherd. Of course, there are I am statements, which we know mean that Jesus is calling himself God, uh, but they're followed with this imagery, this powerful imagery that people could draw upon and that we can draw upon, but also that translates into this very day for us. God is with us. That intimacy is, is deepened as Jesus talks about us hearing his voice. That implies that he is so close that we can hear his voice. And certainly we hear his voice today in his word uh, and, and certainly in the presence of others and the word of God that comes through uh, their voice of connection um, in this time of disconnection. Uh, it comes in the beauty of the world around us and certainly uh, just taking pause to appreciate uh, the beauty of God's creation that has been abundantly given. Uh, it comes to us in the ways that we can care for each other and that we can offer ourselves uh, to one another. But this intimacy also deepens even further as Jesus says that the Good Shepherd knows his own and they hear his voice and he knows them by name. 
Wow, that's a powerful thing to think about, that Jesus knows us by name and calls us by name. I don't think it can get much closer than that. Well, this imagery uh, connects again with Jesus as the gate. And as we know from the children's sermon, if you saw that, the image of Jesus being the good shepherd and being the gate is almost like one image because we know shepherds would protect their sheep. They would be themselves in body, the first line of defense to defend their sheep from outside um, intruders or, or, or predators or whatever it might be. They would put themselves in harm way to protect those sheep. And so being a good shepherd, part of that is being a gate. But I think sometimes when we think about a gate or we think about a door, we think about something that's closed or that's locked or that's prohibiting something from coming in. And certainly that's true with the doors of our homes and our apartments and that kind of thing. But in this time especially, boy, I think about the gate and how I think Jesus meant it or that door as being something that is opened to welcome someone in. How much are we longing right now to open our doors and to have someone over for a meal or to have a friend over for coffee or tea or something like that or to welcome in friends for a play date? How much we long to open our church doors and to gather this community into, this, into that uh, physical place where the church gathers. Certainly the church is the people, but we gather there. How much we long for that and miss it and how many often I've thought even how much I take that uh, gathering for granted and yet long for it now. So Jesus, when he talks about being the gate, he's talking about being open to all those who come in. And, and certainly if we read after this text, uh, as he continues with this, with this analogy of himself as the gate and the shepherd, we'll see that he longs to gather others who are not yet part of that fold, others who long to hear this voice of freedom, this voice of love and connection with God and with others. But even in the first part of our text, we hear just this little snippet that draws us back to something from the first part of John's gospel. It says that he knows his own. Now that phrase, his own, comes up in uh, John chapter 1, verse 11, where it says that Jesus came to his own. And what does his own do? This world, we, ourselves, they didn't want him. They did not receive him. And so when Jesus talks about the sheepfold and being the gate, he really is talking about a kind of community that is gathering in, a kind of shepherd who gathers in, who seeks out, who tries to connect uh, others to him and is just relentless in that kind of connection. And we get the chance to join Jesus in that kind of connection. We get to be, in a sense, a reflection of what Jesus offers to us and to all people. This isn't an, an exclusive or private club for us to join. This is a community that is continuing to live and to grow and to change even as others come in and offer their gifts and their abilities and their languages and their cultures and their food and all of the gifts that God's varied people bring. In fact, in the first Christian community, we get to hear a little bit about that in our first reading today. In that first Christian community, one of the draws, one of the ways that church grew exponentially was the fact that they gathered together with people who were of all kinds of different uh, economic backgrounds, all kind of kinds of different cultural backgrounds and from different languages and, and even coming from different religious practices. They heard that voice of the Good Shepherd and they were brought into that fold with joy and with thanksgiving with a wanting to share. Never in our first text does it say that they were obligated or the disciples say, now you have to do this. 
No, it was out of a joyful response to that good shepherd calling out to them that they became this kind of community. I think about that connection with God and that connection with community and with others. Jesus being our good shepherd and being an open gate that invites others in. Being so important in this time. And particularly this week, we had a story in our own congregation, one that, that's a story that many people have, I know, um, and one that I was hoping never to hear from, from someone I knew, but certainly uh, expected that it would come at some point. We had a member of our congregation whose, whose mom got sick with COVID-19 and, and it really overtook her body and she died from complications from this illness. He decided to go back, to travel back and to be with her as much as he could but again, you know, in this time of pandemic and isolation, the best that he could do was to be on the other side of the glass as she took her last breaths. How difficult that must have been, I can't imagine. And then to return home to his family and when he needs his church community and his family community most, having to isolate and quarantine because of this illness. This word from Jesus, I hope and pray for this individual and for many, many, many around our world who have to say goodbye in this particular way, whether it's related to the person dying of COVID or something else, who have to be isolated in this way in times of hurt or who are struggling with any, any other kinds of addiction or mental illness or whatever it might be. This word comes as a promise to them that they are never alone, that their loved ones are not alone and that they are connected and prayed for by people that they might never ever have met, except for that they are gathered by this good shepherd into this diverse community. And so we give thanks for that in this time of mourning and difficulty and pain. That even though those bandits and thieves that climb in and call out and those uh, things that sacrifice us and, and kill and destroy, even though they are still present in our world, that we are not alone we are connected with God. We are connected with one another. I've been enjoying the stories from some of our youth who have had the opportunity to connect with some of our folks who are more vulnerable, some of our older members, some who are kind of shut up and shut in, who are already isolated and are kind of hyper isolated in this time. And we've also connected them with some folks in our congregation who are just really extroverted and are just really suffering in this time of being isolated. And it's interesting to hear their conversations as they are, their experiences as they come back. Oftentimes saying, you know, at first it was kind of awkward to talk to this person, but, but then it was kind of cool and we talked for like 20 minutes about stuff and I didn't know we were connected in this way and that way. Someone was reminding me that we're actually tapping into a very ancient practice by having uh, our youth talk to some of our older adults when people who were able-bodied were out hunting and gathering, often the parents of these kids, and they weren't able to do it yet, and some of the older people had done their time and weren't able physically to get out, they would spend the day together across these generations and connect with one another and learn from one another. And so we're seeing that happen. We're trying to up that connection as we're more and more isolated by this pandemic. But that's something that's offered to us uniquely in this Christian community by this unique good shepherd who makes an exclusive claim on us and on the whole world, a claim of love, a claim of inclusion, a claim of forgiveness and joy and abundant life, that we have the opportunity to be connected, that we have the promise that we are never alone, that we have the joy that we are loved. 
when we talk about connecting more to Christ, we talk about really two things, connecting more deeply to Christ and connecting more horizontally to uh, the people and this world that God loves. I like to say it this way, that we are connected in a vertical relationship to Christ and deeper, and we deepen our faith as Christ comes down to us, but also that we are connected horizontally to one another in our faith community and in the community and the world at large. It's kind of an interesting way to remember it, isn't it? That vertical relationship, that horizontal relationship. As we remember and make the sign of the cross and are reminded of our baptism, we are reminded of this promise that we have from our Good Shepherd and our identity of being connected with one another through Christ Jesus, our Lord, who loves us and cares for us and will continue to be with us forever. Amen.